2: want to talk to us about the essential element of faith in your life. You can't have a Zoe kind of life. You can't have the life that Jesus wants you to experience without experiencing and participating in it and actually possessing something called faith. And so for today 's message i 'm going to share with you two basic things about this concept of faith that will lay the foundation for us that will allow us to move forward uh, into the rest of the series together, especially as we talk about the the value the importance of faith. But two things today first thing that I want you to remember today is this this is what you 'll write down in your notes is that faith is the foundation key word there foundation for fulfilling god 's plan in your life. Faith is the foundation. Now, what is a foundation? A foundation really is a substructure upon which something is built or upon which something stands. You can't have a building without a foundation. You can't build anything of substance that's going to last any period of time without having some kind of foundation. And the Bible teaches us that faith is the foundation for our lives. All of us need a personal kind of faith at the core of our hearts, a faith that can be added to, a faith that can be built upon. Now, for the sake of today's message, I want to define faith very simply for you. But the basic idea of faith in the Bible is a belief in or a confidence in or a confident reliance in God and his word. Basically described again, what is faith? Faith is that belief in God, confidence in God, in his word, and a reliance upon that word in your life. And so we have to build a foundation called faith if we're going to experience the kind of life that Jesus wants us to experience. You can't have a Zoe kind of life without faith. Take a look at what the Bible says about the power, the importance of faith. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. The writer of Hebrews says, this is what faith is all about. It's it's being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And then he makes this statement, all the folks... Represented in the Bible, in, in history past that we admire, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the folks of the Old Testament coming into the new time, the new testament of Jesus' time and ministry. These folks built their lives upon this confident assurance and a God that they could not see but knew was very, very real. That is faith. Then in Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe, notice that statement, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So faith is laid out for us at a foundational level that faith is a heart belief that transforms us from the inside out. Faith will change how you think. It will change the attitude you live by. It will change your actions because belief or faith always transforms your behavior. You can't change behavior but without changing your beliefs. Beliefs always change behavior. So that's why faith is so essential. Let me give you from Scripture nine reasons why faith is important and nine reasons why faith is a part of an essential element of our spiritual life, experiencing the Zoe kind of life. First of all, the Bible teaches us that faith is the requirement for eternal life. You can't experience eternal life without belief, without faith. John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. To have eternal life, you have to believe in him. Speaking of Jesus, whoever believes. So faith is required for salvation. We bring our faith in Christ to God and say, I believe in Jesus as Messiah, Son of God, died on the cross for my sins, rose from the grave, believing in his resurrection power, and I put my faith in him. And in that moment, God gives us the gift of eternal life as we exercise faith in his Son. And then faith is also necessary to give purpose to your life. To have a sense of purpose for your life, you have to believe. You have to really believe that God created you, as we talked about recently, that God created you on purpose for a purpose. That's faith. Faith says, I believe that I'm on earth for a reason. I'm, I believe that my life has value. My life has meaning. My life has worth. I believe that God has established me with a purpose and with a plan. And that's called faith. Number three faith keeps us going over the long haul. You know, faith is the thing that will sustain you in your journey and in your life. And all of us, if we're going to have a a meaningful life, a truly Zoe kind of life, we need to go for life over the long haul. And faith is what will sustain you. Sort of like the air in your spiritual balloon that keeps you afloat, that keeps you lifted. Paul, the apostle, at the end of his life, He's now about to die. He's in prison. He's waiting for his eventual execution. And he writes these words to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Notice what he says about faith. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the... What's the word there? I've kept the faith. Paul said that the faith kept him and the faith is what he kept. He kept faith and faith kept him. And that's important for you to remember. If you're going to have a long journey in your relationship with God and effectiveness, fulfilling and fruitful for your entire life, you need to keep the faith. And when you keep the faith, your faith will keep you. And then number four, faith is essential for effective prayer. I think all of us want to be people who are able to pray and ask God for certain things and have the confidence that he hears us and he answers us. And if we're going to pray effectively, we need to bring faith to our prayer life. Jesus says this, Mark chapter 11, verse 24, it says, therefore I tell you, it says, listen closely, I'm telling you something, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, circle that word there, believe, notice faith is essential, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, put your faith to work, that you have received it, and it will be yours, so there again you see the linking of faith with effective prayer. The fifth thing is that faith is the essential ingredient for healing. I think all of us have places in our lives where we want to be healed. We want to be restored. We have broken places. We battle with things in our spiritual life that need to be healed and restored, in our soul, where we're broken on the inside, and even in our physical bodies, things that need the touch of God, the healing touch of God. As you go through the the New Testament, especially, you will see that as Jesus ministered to people, he would often commend them for their faith. They came to him seeking healing in faith. And he recognized that faith. and He commended them for that faith. And that faith led them to points and places of healing. In Acts chapter 3, this is after the resurrection of Jesus, he's ascended back to the right hand of God the Father. And now Peter and John, the apostles, are ministering in, in Jesus' name. And Peter and John were at the temple one day going to the temple to pray. And they find the man there who's paralyzed, who's lame. And they minister to him. And this man receives his healing. He goes walking and leaping and praising God. He gets up off of his bed. He walks. He's healed. He's, he's restored. And people are astonished at what has happened here. Everybody's talking about it. And they're trying to think somehow that Peter and John did this. But Peter and John make this very clear statement. Notice Acts 3, 16. By faith, notice this. By faith, in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him as you can all see. Here in this story we see that not only did Peter and John reach out to minister this man in prayer and to speak God's word to this man, but Peter and John also recognized there was a faith in this man that brought about his healing. This man had to exhibit a faith in the name of Jesus. And when he did that, healing was imparted to his life. And so faith is actually an essential ingredient if you're going to be healed and restored. And for some of you here today, that's exactly what you need to hear. You're at a broken place. You're at a place that you feel like your life has been shattered in some way. Maybe you feel like you need desperate healing in some area of your life. What God is looking for from you is the belief that he can make a difference. The belief that he can restore you. The belief that he can pull you up out of whatever you might be in. Because faith is essential for healing. And then number six. Faith connects us to God's promises. The Bible is full. It's actually a book full of the promises of God. And a promise, the only way that a promise will work in your life is for you to claim it. You have to lay claim to the promise for it to become reality for you. And so God gives us promises so that we will bring something to that promise. And what we bring to the promise of God is we bring our faith to the promise of God. That if God says it, then we bring our faith to it. And when we bring our faith to it, that, that faith is the key that unlocks that door, that releases that power and the realization of that promise in our life. The Bible's clear about this. In Romans chapter 4, verse number 16, the first part of that verse says, Therefore the promise comes how? By faith. We receive the promise and the promise becomes reality in our lives, or as we might say, manifested in our life when we bring our faith to it. Then number seven, faith motivates us to obey God's word. Why is faith essential? Faith is important because it motivates us to actually bring obedience to the word of God. See, faith believes that God's word is true and that God's ways are right, and it causes us to actually change our behavior, as I mentioned a few moments ago. A lot of times we try to change our behavior, but we haven't changed our beliefs. And because we haven't changed the underlying aspect of how we think, we never are able to effectively maintain a change in our behavior. And so when we change our beliefs... That is, we believe that God's word is true. We believe that his promises are real. We believe that his commandments and precepts are right. When you and I believe this in our lives, then it begins to cause our behavior to conform to what we believe. James writes about this in James chapter 2, verse number 14. He says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but you don't show it by your actions. Can that kind of faith save anyone? So here James is saying real faith, when you have a real kind of faith, it is not distance from or separate from actions. No, you can't really say that you have faith and not have the right kind of actions because real faith will always result in the transformation of your life it will result in changing your actions changing your behavior and then number eight faith produces a life of peace and a life of joy if you want to experience peace and joy in your life you have to you have to have something to connect that peace and joy to, and faith is the thing that you connect to romans 5 verse 1 Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, notice there's a beginning point, justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You can't get the peace first, you start with the faith, and the faith produces peace. Think about this in your life, when you're going through a problem, you're worried about something, you're concerned about something, you want peace, right? Right? Well, how do you get peace? The Bible says you get peace by taking your needs to God in prayer. That is, you take these concerns you have, your worries to God in prayer, and you give them to God. That is faith. And when you exercise faith in God, he responds by pouring out his peace upon you. And so faith leads to peace. Are you seeing how important faith is? to the kind of life that Jesus wants you to live. So faith is an essential part of the Zoe kind of life. The ninth thing I'll mention here for you is this. Faith is vital because it qualifies us for service in God's kingdom. You can't serve effectively you'll never serve at all until faith is activated in your life. You put your faith into action by doing something for the sake of the kingdom of God, by living and giving, by pouring your life out in an essential way. We'll talk more about that as a part of the series as we continue through it. But I want you to focus on the faith thing for a moment. Notice these words in Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse number 18, a very important statement that happens here, an event that happens here. Jesus is walking by the seashore of Galilee, and there he sees some, some guys in boats. There are Peter and Andrew, James and John. They're in their boats and they're fishing. They're actually they're taking care of their nets after doing some fishing. And Jesus walks by and notice what happens. This is verse eighteen, Matthew chapter four. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Let me stop there just for a moment. So Jesus walks by and he sees these guys. They already had some awareness who Jesus was. And Jesus walks by and he sees them doing what they normally would have been doing in their business. And Jesus says, I want you to come follow me and I'm going to put you into my service. I want to get, I'm going to give you something to do with your life that's different than what you're doing right now. You're fishing for fish, but I want you to fish for men. I have a calling for your life. Now, here was a moment of decision. What would they do? So Jesus is calling them into service, but they have to make the choice of what their response will be. Notice their response in verse number 20. At once, they left their nets and followed him. I would submit to you today that the only way that they could do what they did in that moment was they had faith that Jesus knew what he was talking about. They had faith and confidence in his calling. And they were willing to leave behind their natural business for the business of the kingdom of God because of the faith that was, that was prompted in their heart in response to Jesus' call. Now, let me take you to the second point. It's very similar to the first, but I want to sort of carve out just a little different aspect of it, and give you a few a few stories actually from scripture that will help you to understand it. So the second point is this. Faith, first one, faith is foundational. It's your foundation. And then second of all, faith is necessary. Obviously, a foundation is necessary. As we mentioned earlier, you can't build anything nothing's going to last unless it has a foundation. And so faith, if it's the foundation, it is a necessity. You cannot have real life without faith. I want to remind you of two things when it comes to this aspect of faith. I want to help you today to have some confidence that you can actually be a person of faith. It's something that you can have, something that you can experience in your life. It's something that can develop substantially in you, and it has to develop in you. It's not just something that some people get and others don't. No, faith is something you can have, but there's a work that you have to do in terms of developing it. It's like a muscle. You have to help that faith grow bigger and grow stronger. I want to take you to the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Let me set the stage for you so you'll understand what's happening here. Here we find Judah, small little kingdom, uh, southern kingdom of Israel, the kingdom of Judah, being led by a king by the name of Jehoshaphat. And again, this is a small little nation. They don't have a big army. They don't have a lot of defense uh, capacity to take care of themselves. And in many ways, they had to trust God to protect them and take care of them. And they find that they're being assaulted. There's some, there are three armies that are deciding to come against them. So there's this is massive force that's about to attack them. And of course, as you can imagine, Jehoshaphat, when he hears the news that he's about to undergo this kind of attack, he's very afraid. He's afraid for his people, afraid for what will happen to his little nation. And so he, in the midst of his fear, in the midst of feeling very alarmed about the situation, he calls people together for a time of fasting and prayer. And in the midst of this, there is a statement that God gives Jehoshaphat to speak to the people recorded in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. And I want you to listen closely to this because... Because this ties into this idea of developing faith. That you can have faith and you can develop it. Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. I want to break that down for you just for a moment. Have faith. Jehoshaphat stood and said to the people, listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith. In the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. I want you to notice the first two words that he mentioned there. He says, Have faith. He's commanding them to have faith. That means that it's possible. And I want you to know today that God speaks to you and he says, I want you to have faith. There's something that you can have. It's something that will work in your life. It's something that you can actually possess. To have something means that you've made it your own. It belongs to you. It is something that is personal. It is something that is possessed. That faith somehow has taken up residence inside of you. You know that it's there. You can draw from its presence. That means that you're starting that journey to say, I want real life. And so I know real life starts with faith. I am choosing to be a believer. I'm choosing to have faith. It is my choice. And the Bible says that when you have faith, when you make the choice to have faith, that faith is going to hold you up. Jehoshaphat said it's going to uphold you. It will hold you up. It will give you what you need to make it, and it will make you successful. It will provide you everything that you need for the successful life that God has for you. Now, when we use the word success, I'm not talking about the materialistic aspect of success. Certainly uh, dimensions of that that we appreciate and and value every blessing that God gives us. But a successful life is far more than that. So faith leads you to this Zoe kind of life that is fulfilled and fruitful. Now let me take you to a New Testament passage that helps us to see this as well. Again, we're talking about the fact that you can have faith and that you can develop it in your life. You start where you are. You make the choice and realize that's what I need. It will uphold me and it's going to provide success for me. Now notice Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 22, and let's see a, a New Testament example of this same kind of process. This is a story of Jesus on the Sea of Galilee with his disciples. You've heard the story before, but I want you to think about, about it with me again in a fresh way today. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray, Lord, if it is you," Peter replied. "Tell me to come to you on the water." "Come," he said. Then Peter got out, got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. Cry, beginning to sink, cried out, "Lord, save me!" Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. "You of little faith," he said. "Why did you doubt?" And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I want to break this, this, this story down for you just for a moment and bring it into a point of application for your life and then a point of landing for today's message. We've got to see that, first of all, Jesus gave his disciples an assignment. He said, I want you to go to the other side of the lake. There's an assignment. There's something I want you to do with your life. I want, you to leave for, I want you to experience. Move from here to there. You're going to go through a journey with me. I want you to experience this journey. And every one of us, we have a journey. There's an assignment to your life. Jesus is asking you to live a certain way, to follow a particular pathway. He's called you to that pathway just like he gave an assignment to the disciples that day. Go to the other side of the lake. And then the Lord went up on the mountainside to pray. While they're on their journey, Jesus was on the mountaintop. He was praying for them. Now, there's a lot of things we could talk about there. That's exactly what Jesus is doing for you today. The Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the God, the Father. He's making intercession for you. He's praying for you. He's praying for me. Think about that for a moment. So you're on the journey. Jesus was praying for them. Jesus is praying for you. And then in the midst of the journey, there was a test that came. The test was the buffeting of the winds and the waves that now begin to happen. They found themselves in a storm. And so they're on the right journey. Jesus is praying for them, but they're still facing a storm. In the midst of their storm, they actually find themselves afraid, which is very much like us, and the Lord comes to them walking on the water and comes to them in their trial. You must remember that anytime you're going through a trial, any time you're going through a testing phase in your life, God's going to show up. He's not going to leave you alone. So Jesus came to them walking on the water, came to them in the midst of their journey, Now, this prevailing emotion of fear was still there, but Jesus shows up and he begins to speak to them, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Now, the opposite, I believe at some level, the opposite of fear is faith. And so what in essence, when Jesus was saying, don't be afraid, he was saying, have faith, have confidence, have trust in me. You don't need to be afraid. I'm here with you. You can put your faith in me. Of course, we know the story that Peter asked if he could come uh, on the water, and Peter ends up walking on the water and he sees the winds and the waves, and he begins to fall, and Jesus reaches down and rescues him, which is another important part of the story because Jesus always lifts us up. He never pushes us down, He always lifts us up, even when we make mistakes in our life. But Jesus ends up back in the boat with his disciples, and again, they make it safely to the other side. Uh, From which he had for which he had originally called them to make the journey. So they do make it where he called them to go. But in the midst of it, they found themselves afraid. But Jesus said, Don't be afraid. That is, have faith. And then he makes a statement to them once he gets in the boat. He said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? That phrase right there is the phrase I want to talk about as we're wrapping up today. Oh, you of little faith. Little faith implies obviously something that is small. Okay. Now, if Jesus said, oh, you have little faith, there's the implication that something that is little should have been or could have been bigger, right? So you can't, little is a description of an item or, or an entity or a substance or a concept or some aspect of your life in reference to a larger aspect. You can't say little without comparing it to something bigger. And so Jesus was saying, I'm calling you out of your little faith into a bigger faith. Here's all I want you to see from that today. I want you to see that wherever you are, you may feel like you have a little faith, but little faith has the capacity to grow into big faith if you'll use it. That's the key. Jesus was calling them to begin to use their faith. He was reminding them, I've got you on a journey. I'm going to be with you in any kind of trial you go through. I'll always come to you in the midst of your trial. You'll not be alone. And you don't need to be afraid. You need to begin to exercise your faith, even though it's little. And I can take a little. I can turn it into a lot as you begin to exercise it.
1: Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart. Something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God.